White and Confused. I'm your host, Heather Evans, and today I'm joined by Brandon Moore, who is a welder and photographer in Russell County in southwestern Virginia. And we're here actually sitting in my kitchen, wanting to talk about what in the heck happened last week in the Virginia gubernatorial election. I think that election really shocked a bunch of Democrats in the state of Virginia, but I'm not really sure if everyone was shocked. So I invited Brandon on the show today to talk about his experience with me going to a Terry McAuliffe event. So I think we're going to start there. Uh, Sounds good to me. Thanks for having (laughs) me on, Heather. Uh, What the heck happened is right. Um, You know, we went to that, that meet and greet, and what a disaster that was. We get there. Um, we're there before him, obviously. And he pulls up, and what are we told? Gather up front and clap for him. Yeah. Um, after the election, I actually went on Facebook and finally posted about the experience that we had there. So this was an event that was in Abingdon at the end of September. Uh, I think it was September the 28th. I had received a message about going to this event from the Democratic Party of um, this part of Virginia. And Brandon had said to me earlier that week that he really wished that he could go and meet a politician face-to-face, kind of ask a question that's unscripted, because it it seems like politicians are always scripted. Right, Brandon? That's exactly right. And it actually seemed like it was still scripted, even though we were meeting him (laughs) face-to-face. It's very true. So we, we go, but the thing is, I invited him to go to this because I've been to other events with politicians there, and those events were actually kind of nice. Like the the people who showed up seemed like normal people. They answered questions. They hung out uh, before and after. But this event was really strange. This happened in the middle of the day. It was uh, a meet and greet that was around noon. And McAuliffe, um, like normal people who are running for office, he was a little late and I wasn't surprised by that. But the first thing we were asked to do was to gather up front, and then we we were asked to clap for him. And to me, you know, that's that's not, I don't know, that's not great. If a politician wants applause, they should be saying something to get us to applaud. That's actually exactly right. And, you know, that was the beginning of, beginning of it. And the next thing you know, he starts getting up there, and he's telling us how much he likes beer, which, if I count it right, he said at least nine times throughout this whole thing. Um, now, now let's pause there for a second. So, truthfully, I mean, he did technically, there was a growth of breweries during his time as governor. And so he was touting that, right? He was saying, like, oh, I did this and I did that. And, and he's seeing us all at a brewery, but he was talking about beer a lot, <laughs> A lot. He, he gets <laughs> he, he gets up here and he goes, I cannot wait to taste y'all's beer, first off. And then multiple times he says, I like beer. I love beer. Can't wait to taste y'all's beer. Okay, I came here to hear you talk about your plans if you become governor. I came here to ask you questions. Um, he gets up there. He starts talking, of course. And, and he brings up the question that I wanted to ask him. Broadband. And... His answer, of course, was two years from now. People would have broadband. I live in an area in Russell County where I cannot get internet access and spotty cell phone signal. Two years is two years too many considering the money Northam has already spent for point broadband to get everybody in Southwest Virginia. 
broadband. So, you know, he said that people obviously clapped for him, but that was kind of the moment that I, I really lost interest. I'm not even sure if that was the moment. I actually think the moment for you was when you were asked to clap. That might have been it, yeah. No, no, I'll take that back. The moment that I lost interest was when he comes up and he starts shaking everybody's hands. And the probably 16-year-old boy standing beside of us has a camo hat on. And he comes up to him and he shakes his hand and he goes, You been deer hunting? And the boy's like, No. And he goes, I love deer hunting and, and bird hunting. Well, the thing is... You're pandering, but you know nothing about what you're talking about because deer season in Southwest Virginia was not in at the time. Right. So you do that. You you show up while we're clapping, and you call it Abington instead of Abingdon. And you go I gave on. him a pass on that. Oh no no no! There's like, no pass there. There's no pass. And there. I gave him the pass because I grew up in Buchanan County, and I've heard people like in Grundy <laughs> refer to it as Abington. So I was like, okay, if that's the only thing he did, you. But you're telling me you want him to get up there and say the greatest little town in the country. Abington. I know he says. I know that he says that everywhere. That's that's a line. You know that that's you're coming off as as fake right yeah, off the bat, yeah. which most politicians do, obviously. But I'm meeting you face to face. First time ever meeting a politician face to face, and you're coming off as fake. Right. And what did I say as we were walking away from that? <laughs> he said some words I can't repeat on the air, <laughs> but it was something like, that is the fakest expletive that I have ever met. Um, and, and he made a reference to he had already voted. You had already voted. I had. I had voted just a few days before, right? I think the second day after early voting started in Virginia. And my phrase that I used. The words that I used were, if I hadn't voted early, I wouldn't have voted for McAuliffe. Yeah. And I mean, that that whole thing, right? Asking us to clap, pandering to the, like, obviously this kid must like to deer hunt, even though deer season isn't in. Just because he's wearing camo hat. Right, just because yeah. he's wearing camo hat. Um, he, he also made a joke while he was there, because there had been a debate, like, the night before, and he had said, like, how many of you watched the debate last night? And there were there were some claps or hands got raised, something like that. And then he goes, well, what were the rest of you doing? And I remember you were standing next to me and you were like, uh, working? And I thought, too, like, I don't know, taking care of our families, like trying to live and make an income. Like, I, not everyone was watching the debate. And he, when the debate, when it was all over, when, when the event was over, and people started to disperse. I mean, obviously, he had come there, and his team had wanted him to be seen. They wanted us to clap for him. It was all about the optics. They asked for, like, hey, let's get a beer, but before we do, let's all get a picture. And there were these two women who were kind of walking over to a table to grab signs. At least I think that's what they were doing. They were grabbing, like, McAuliffe signs to stand up there and have their picture made. He had, he had said they brought yard signs, and I think that's what he was doing. They were doing was going to get the yard signs. Yeah, and they're walking away, and I hear him yell, uh, "What are those two women doing? Get them back over here!" And and that, first of all, that that bothered me, but but I know that he said that because the crowd was primarily male. It was older. Again, this is the middle of the day in Abingdon. You're not going to have a lot of young people there. Um, and furthermore, something I really want to talk about today, because I know we're discussing McAuliffe and his candidacy, is like, he did not appeal to young people at all. 
I don't I don't know if he appealed to young people anywhere in Virginia, but he didn't do it here. Are we talking like under thirty crowd? Yeah. 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 Well, like, he didn't appeal to me at thirty two, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what did he what did he do? I mean, he came to Abingdon one time. Depends depending on who you ask in the Democratic Party or Republican Party, you'll get mixed answers on whether they like McAuliffe the first time or not. Yeah. Now, that being said. People my age, uh, 32 and younger, a little younger, we were around when McAuliffe, and, and probably just gaining interest in politics when McAuliffe was the governor before. Um, looking back, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell everybody I'm, I'm more of a moderate. I have voted for Republicans. I have voted for Democrats. Um, I believe that's how we all should do, uh, depending on who you like. But he didn't do anything before that really made him noteworthy. Um, so... Turning around and him him getting the the candidacy again, he he was going to have to work to get the younger vote. Yeah, which is something that I honestly didn't think he did at all. Yeah, and I mean I work at UVA Wise, and a lot of times candidates will contact me and say, "I want to come and you know, is it possible to come to your college? Is it possible to meet with the Democrats? Is it possible to do this?" His team didn't reach out and do that, and I don't know if they did it here at all. Now, there were some candidates in the primary who did that. Like, I hosted Zoom meetings with students and some of the uh, lieutenant governor candidates and other people, and those went really well. But his candidacy didn't do that, and there were other mistakes that his campaign team made. For instance, they sent out mailers to people that literally look like they're campaigning for Youngkin. And, you know, you would get this out of your mailbox and it was like pictures of Youngkin and Trump together. And there were all these like praising comments from Trump. And you're like, oh, like, and if you live here in Southwest Virginia, a lot of Republicans still really like Trump. So if you're getting that out of your mailbox and you're like, oh, then Youngkin is a Trump guy. Like, and I like Trump, therefore I must like Youngkin. You didn't even notice until the bottom of the mailer on the back that it was sponsored by the Democratic Party. And, you know, that's the thing that should have never even been sent out. Trump did not run in 2021. That's right. He is no longer president. If anything, we're trying to move on from Trump. And even Youngkin was, you know, trying to distance himself from Trump. But McAuliffe is over here thinking that people are not going to vote for Youngkin if he starts telling them that he's a Trump guy. In the wrong part of the state. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Because, again, like technically Biden wins the state by 10 points. I think that McAuliffe thought he had it He had it at a lock, right? He's going to lock this up. And, and if he started campaigning on the Trump thing, well, a lot of people didn't. In the state of Virginia, generally, Trump's approval is like at 40%. Uh, Biden's is a little higher. It was like at 45 So by saying like Trump, 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 maybe it would make people want to vote for him over Youngkin. Or by bringing in Biden, they might want, you know, okay, we... 45% of us are warm to Biden, although that's not the case anymore, but still 45% are warm to Biden. But again, you can't, I mean, here people are going to, they're they are not going to react in that way. And, and this were, people got those mailers in the other part of the state too, and they thought it was crazy. Like you shouldn't be, that should not have been an ad that you released. And furthermore, what were either, what were they campaigning on? Like, what was Youngkin campaigning on? What was McAuliffe campaigning I mean, on? It's a really good question. Um, I have no clue what Youngkin was campaigning on. 
I did see a little quip the other day. It was like a five-second ad about he was, in, he was in a store, a grocery store, and he was going to deal away with grocery tax, which then I heard some quips from Democrats who were like, oh, we're going to have $100 turkeys. <laughs> and I'm, if somebody can tell me how that means we're going to have a $100 turkey if we don't have a grocery tax, please do. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and email us, and we'll um, uh, figure this out. But that's the kind of thing that was going on. And McAuliffe, it was like a smear campaign from him that was that was working against him. If you're here in Southwest Virginia, you're still seeing Trump 2020 signs. It's true. You're seeing Trump 20, 2024, the revenge tour signs. Yeah. And it is very, very rare that you see a sign for a Democrat. Now, you've seen, even with the, the lieutenant governor and attorney general, you've seen signs for them, for Republicans. But here's the reality with them as well. I didn't know who Winsome Sears was. Right. Um, I still couldn't tell you who ran for the others. So, <laughs> At, yeah, Jason Miares. So the um, what happened here is people voted for Youngkin, and they voted straight Republican. Exactly. And so the other candidates won not because of their specific campaigning, but because they were on the ticket with him. On the flip side of that, though, if you look at um, voter turnout and who voted for McAuliffe versus the down-ballot candidates, those other candidates, lieutenant governor, right, attorney general, they got more votes than he did, which means that either people voted, when they went to vote, they were like, okay, I just, I'm going to vote for Youngkin, or they just didn't vote for him. And they voted for the other two Democratic candidates. So something was up with the top of that ticket. Because it shouldn't be that way. It should always be that the top of the ticket gets the most votes. And the ones farther down should get fewer. That's how, you know, that's coattailing. That's how coattails work. Well, you know, we, we talked about this the other day. You and I did. Youngkin, he, had, he went and ate barbecue with people here. He yeah. went to church with people here. McAuliffe went to a brewery. Um stayed a few hours and left after drinking his beer. Um, yeah. But but what did he do? I mean, that tells me they're one of two things. People actually liked Youngkin, which I don't necessarily think a lot of Democrats liked Youngkin, or they really, really disliked Terry McAuliffe. I'm betting it's the latter. Um, there, there's nothing There's nothing that, that happened there that, to me, was all that surprising after that meet and greet. And there were, what, maybe 30 of us at that meet and greet? You know, it's funny that it, I would say like forty, and yet on the media report it said something like there was a hundred of us. There was there was not a hundred of us. At so that. you know, the, our reasoning for maybe not liking McAuliffe was after after the meet and greet how we seen how he acted. So what was the reasoning that people who were not there didn't like him or right. didn't vote for him? And and that's up in in the air. But if you ask me, the problem with Southwest Virginia or rural rural Virginia period and rural America period is if you want to win it as a Democrat, you get out and you talk to these people. Yeah. And you find out what they're actually wanting out of their candidate. Because you can sit there like McAuliffe and talk about broadband and teacher salaries and raises and such. Those are just two talking points that you think they like. But every county in Southwest Virginia is different. Mm -hmm. Every county and every person in Southwestern Virginia is going to want something different. And unless you get out there and talk to them, somebody coming from a city or coming from eastern or northern Virginia, they don't know what it's like here. That's true. Okay, let me pause for just a minute. So if you're just now joining, uh, hi, y'all. 
This is Red, White, and Confused, and I'm your host, Heather Evans. I'm here with Brandon Moore from Russell County, and we've been talking about the election from last week, uh, the gubernatorial election where Terry McAuliffe lost. So something that I feel like we need to talk about is coming from what you just said. Why did Terry McAuliffe not visit Hurley? Because shouldn't he have visited Hurley? Well, you know, what we're seeing with Hurley right now is they're not getting the FEMA relief for whatever reason. Um, I've heard that it was some type of, of clause that has to be fixed. You know, it is my understanding that the president could change that in a nutshell. FEMA could, could take care of Hurley. But it's the urging from the governors that are going to get him to do that. So you have two people running for governor here. Did Youngkin visit Hurley? I think that he did, but I don't want to misspeak there. Well, McAuliffe... We know did not. We know that McAuliffe did not. And there was a chance, as a Democrat, and you know, Democrats are supposed to care about the poor people, the needy people, the people who are suffering. Right. Well, let me tell you about Hurley. Hurley is poor. Hurley is needy. And this was before their town got wiped out by a flood. So you had a perfect chance to go there and to help people and make promises to them. The promises that you could keep, and you didn't. Yeah, I, you know, I I put up a post on Facebook about how I feel like that the candidates, again, this is hindsight's twenty twenty, but all candidates who are campaigning in the state of Virginia need to go to small towns, right? They need to go talk to them, like mom and pop shops, talk to business owners, talk to people. Even if you just get a few people, at least getting some people, right? Showing interest. You've been there. You can try to talk to these people about their, their problems. Um, because as you mentioned with a lot of the campaigns now are all social media campaigns, but many people here in this area don't have internet. That's exactly exactly right. You know, they can post something on, on Twitter. Everybody uses Twitter. Um, even Big Bird's using Twitter. Even Big Bird's using Twitter. <laughs> but they can, they can post something on Twitter, and they can get their likes and their follows. And a lot of what I've noticed is, is it's performative. You know, they're on there. They're saying something controversial or something on Twitter. It gets them some likes. It gets them some some follows. And then the next thing you know, um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but McAuliffe, his team, actually sent out donation um, uh, requests on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when was this? It like, was before the election. Oh, before the Because I was like, I just got a request to phone bank for him, yeah, the and the request. election is yeah. over. Um <laughs> But I was actually found out about that today. I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about that. Huh. Um, but you know that tells me that tells me right there with McAuliffe, you knew you were you were done for if yeah. you're going on Twitter and asking for donations. Your, your team is, but people here they don't have internet. You're you're lucky in this area in a lot of these haulers. Um, yes, I said haulers. Uh, they are haulers. I lived in one. Like you know. in, a, in a lot of these haulers, you are lucky if you even have more than Channel 5 and Channel 11. Yeah. And both of those lean slightly right, if we're going to be honest. Um, so if, if you're watching that, you're probably going to see more Yunkin ads. You're probably going to see more pro-Yunkin talking points than you are with McAuliffe. So you can sit there and you can think, living in Eastern Virginia, where you probably everybody has internet... That you can do little internet ads or send send out newsletters online, and it's it's going to nobody because they they might have an email, sure, but they never get to check that email. 
And you're thinking, okay, well, maybe it's going to their cell phone. Well, you know, I can tell you right now, I have to go up on top of the hill behind my house to get cell phone signal. So, yeah, you, yeah, you, it's a it's a problem. I think candidates don't know how to campaign in rural America. That's it's very true. And if and in rural America wants to see people show up, and so if you're not showing up, they're not going to vote for you. And and when you show up, you have to be genuine. And and you know, we can read people. And when we're asked to clap. That's a sign. I mean, that right I, there, you, you know, that was it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, your likability goes down dramatically when I have to be asked to clap for you. I, I don't even do that in class. I don't stand up there and be like, everyone, it's now, it's time for you to applaud for me. No. Like, <laughs> not, only, not only were we asked to applaud, we were asked to applaud right when he showed up, before he had even spoke. That's true. You know, that's, <laughs> that's like... Oh, I'm just, you know, congratulations on being you, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I know me and you, we, we kind of skedaddled out of there before, before it was yeah. over. So did, the, so did the guy and his son. They left. Yeah, they left. And I, I think that, you know, you, what you said when we left is probably what the dad thought. I mean, again, this candidate just comes up to his son and is like, oh, you gone deer hunting and deer season hasn't happened yet. So he probably caught on to the same vibes that we were getting it's I, i've met a lot of liars in my life but shaking his hand <laughs> shaking his hand and you know the thing the other thing was we were all wearing masks we were and he just shows up maskless and he he kind of was shaking everybody's hands and you could tell he knew who more more who was on the uh the democratic committee in washington county because he gave them a little bit more attention then he walks up to to the little boy and he says what he did he shook your hand he shakes my hand real quick and walks on, and I'm sitting here going, I'm one of the people here to actually ask you a question. Yeah. And you showed me very little attention right there and walked on by, which is fine, whatever. But you you just lost a vote. Yeah. If I had not voted early, I would not have voted. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you now, I wouldn't have voted for Youngkin, uh, but I would not have voted. Yeah, and you're a moderate. I mean, that you, you've already defined yourself like that. And according to the exit polls, the moderates were the ones who really carried... I mean, they carry most elections, they broke for Yunkin. And um, what they cared about was the economy and uh, taxes and things like that. They, Some of them did care about education, but it wasn't their number one issue, even though Yunkin campaigned on it a lot. And But those who say like, oh, I really want to be involved in my child's education and you shouldn't, you know, I should have some kind of a right to know what they're learning um, and to say so in that, they broke for Yunkin. Um, a lot of the ads that came out, you know, he, he was talking about that. And, and McAuliffe um, made a statement about that that probably hurt him votes. But in general, I mean, I I don't, I think just from a personable standpoint that McAuliffe wasn't, he wasn't an exciting candidate. I don't actually think Youngkin was an exciting candidate either. No. But he, he did show up here. He did have those events. Uh, students of mine who went to those events, they said that they even got to sign his campaign bus, which they really thought was kind of cool. You know, he seemed a little more chill than... Relatable. He, he right. Seemed, he seemed relatable. That's, that's right. the key word there. The thing is, and I think if we're really going to put... The Democrats are, are making a lot of excuses. And they're using a lot, of the, a lot of the things that we've even said here. You want to know why they lost Virginia? I can give them one reason they lost Virginia. They thought that the urban areas would carry it, just like they do in a presidential election. Right. Just like they do in other elections. So they forgot about the poor rural folk. Yeah. And they showed up in force. 
Mm-hmm. And until you start realizing that a person in Russell County means as much as a person in Richmond, yeah, you are not going to win Virginia. Yeah. And now, by all means, by all definitions, we are a purple state. And I've said that for years. Yeah. Now, what I will say is hilarious, though, um, in hindsight is twenty twenty, is the people I know who did not vote but are, you know, hardcore left, um, left and, you know, they, they like their legalized marijuana. Uh-huh. Oh, now they're worried. Now they're worried <laughs> that because we have the right in both our, well, all three, uh, Attorney General, um, Lieutenant Governor, and Governor. Yeah. That all of the progressiveness that has happened under Northam for marijuana is gone. That, yeah, and also the House of Delegates because it's now controlled by Republicans, that, that's right? right? And so they're not only saying the, the the pot, you know, but they're also saying like gun gun control. Right. The the little bit of the gun little control things. we we added will be reversed. Could be reversed. And my whole thing to them is, well, I guess you should have wouldn't voted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great point. All right, so we're going to end it here. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, This was Red, White, Confused. If you missed any part of this and you want to catch up, you can download it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great week. Bye.